0: Good morning and welcome to the worship service of First Baptist Church, Jefferson City, Missouri. We're really happy you're joining us this morning. Uh, we're looking forward to a great morning of celebration. We're in the season of Eastertide, continuing to look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all of the many implications of how that impacts our lives. I want to take just a moment before opening prayer to commend you, First Baptist family, for the wonderful way that you have adjusted Uh, to this very unusual season in the life of our world. Uh, We have found this congregation to be willing to be flexible. Uh, We have pivoted when necessary. We've made changes quickly. We have found the people of the congregation willing to step up, willing to help, willing to say yes, and uh, willing to try new things. And I'm grateful for that because I believe that one of the signs of a healthy congregation is one that is willing to look at the moment and ask where the Spirit is blowing and where God is working and then joining God in that work. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you're doing to make our ministry go forward. Let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, thank you for the wonderful day that you have given us to worship, to share, to listen, to grow and to learn. We thank you for all who have worked hard to make this worship service possible. And we pray your very special blessing in the lives and the homes of every place this worship service will land that your spirit might transform us as we grow to know the living Christ more deeply and walk with him more faithfully. And it is in the name of this Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. The scripture reading... This morning is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, beginning in verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This story in Luke's gospel is probably one of the most famous of all of the post-resurrection stories in the Gospels. It's a story about two followers of Jesus walking along the way on Easter evening. And artists all through the ages have enjoyed depicting this scene and reminding us uh, of its importance. And I love to look at paintings and pictures of that very important evening walk and think about what it was like to be walking with the risen Christ on that Emmaus road. Now, we can all relate to taking walks, can't we? During this pandemic season, I bet you have either said or heard someone say, I think I'll take a walk. I need some fresh air. I know Janet and I have enjoyed some walks in the, in the nice spring weather and enjoying the out-of-doors in the midst of the stay-at-home crisis that we're in. Taking walks are wonderful. We usually learn something when we take walks. We sometimes listen better when we take walks. But on this particular Sunday evening, on this particular walk, these two followers of Jesus were dejected. They had heard rumors of Jesus' resurrection, but really their hearts were sad. They, they were experiencing incredible loss, the death of their dream. They were walking along despondently, and really, they were uh, experiencing the ultimate in physical distancing because they believed Jesus was gone, but they were soon going to find out otherwise. At that particular point, Jesus, the risen Christ, joins them in their walk, but they don't know that it's Jesus. And they start walking, and Jesus begins to talk with them. And he asks them, no doubt, why they were so glum? Why were they so low? And in a very graphic way, Luke describes the scene. He says, they stopped walking. They both looked at him and They said in so many words, where have you been? Jesus asked them to explain what they're talking about. And you can hear in their tone of voice almost a scold as they seem to be saying to Jesus, man, you need to stay caught up on the bad news. Perhaps Jesus smiled wryly and perhaps Jesus said back to them, no, no you need to stay caught up on the good news. So let's pause right here and let's explore a question. Could it be that in all that you're experiencing with COVID-19, that you and I are like the Emmaus Road walkers? We're despondent. The world that we've known is... Not here anymore. Everything is upended. We feel at moments hopeless, at other moments afraid, at other times angry, and we don't know what to do with our feelings, and we don't know what the future holds. Could it be that in our darkest time, like the Emmaus Road walkers, the risen Christ is with us, and we don't even realize it? and if that's true if Jesus Christ is walking with you in your darkest time wouldn't you want to know it wouldn't you want to be more aware that the living risen Christ is walking with you you see i believe one of the important features of resurrection the risen christ is the understanding that the distance between then and now the the 2,000 plus years, have somehow collapsed. That there's a right nowness to Jesus. There's an immediacy to the presence of Jesus Christ. And it's also as if the thousands of miles between here and Palestine have somehow melted away. That time and space no longer separate us, and the living Christ is here. And He's now, in our lives, and walking with us. And if we're not aware of it, we're missing so much. But Luke goes on. That's really only the beginning of the story, and I'm going to read the rest of this passage, and I invite you to follow along on the screen. In verse 28, we take up the account. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going to go on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Of the bread. In a very powerful and artistic way, Luke shows us something profound in this scripture. The two Emmaus walkers had invited Jesus to spend the evening with them. They had prepared a meal, and in verse 30, Luke very deliberately phrases the verbs in this way. Jesus took the bread, he blessed the bread, he broke the bread, and he gave them the bread. And if that sounds familiar, Luke wants it to, because he's basically saying that the risen Christ is replicating the Last Supper. He is present with them in sharing the meal, and it's in the sharing of the meal that Jesus Christ becomes known to them, and they experience the depth of his blessing. One of the important things we learn from this scripture is that our walk with Jesus, the risen one, should always be balanced. If you notice in this scripture, there's a balance between scripture and personal experience. In verse 27, while Jesus was walking with them, he taught them the word of God from Moses and the prophets. And then in verse 30, he's sitting with them in a home, sharing an intimate meal. Scripture and experience. The Bible and relationship with Christ. We need both of these. And don't ever think that you can choose one or the other. That's like uh, the cabin attendant on an airplane asking you, uh, now if one of the wings fall off during flight, do you want it to be the left wing or the right wing? I think probably we don't want either wing to fall off. We need both. And so we do in our walk with Christ. We need Scripture. We need experience with Christ. But you know, if we focus only on Scripture, if we memorize it, if we're correct on all of our doctrines, and we know the books of the Bible, but our hearts are not warmed with a real vibrant experience with Christ then you see our faith grows brittle and we become legalistic and we become self-righteous. On the other hand, if we neglect Scripture and we focus only on personal experience with Christ, it becomes too emotional. Our faith becomes flabby. We grow lazy and we're missing the discipline and the call to repentance and obedience which Scripture always gives us. We need the objective truth and we need the subjective truth of the witness of Scripture and the witness of an ongoing relationship with Christ in a deep and personal way. We need both. And when we have both of those, some things fall into place for us that we not understood before. It's like a Rubik's Cube that finally uh, all of the squares line up. Or some of you, I know, uh, I notice on Facebook, uh, some families are doing a lot of jigsaw puzzles. And maybe when you've worked and worked on a jigsaw puzzle, finally somebody discovers a piece or two or three and it allows the entire puzzle to begin to take shape and to fall into place. And so it is that when we have Scripture and personal experience balanced, our walk with Christ becomes healthier. Jean Venier is a French theologian and philosopher. And he writes that for our walk with Christ to be healthy, for our walk with Christ to keep us free, we need to always ask the accompaniment question. Interesting, the accompaniment question. By that he means we have to ask ourselves, who's walking with me? Do I have the right people walking with me in my life? Do I... Have Christ walking with me in my life? The accompaniment question. And then Vanier takes it further and reminds us that the etymology, the history of the word accompany, has a root that means with bread bread, the food. So that in this scripture, Jesus is walking with the two on the Emmaus Road, then he's eating with them, he is with them with bread in a deep way. And the final thing that Von Yeris says that I think is really helpful is that at every stage of life, we need someone to accompany us on life's journey. We never outgrow the need for Christ. We never outgrow the need for a walk with the living risen one. It doesn't matter your stage of life, young, middle-aged, old, doesn't matter whether you're going through good times or bad times. We all need that walk with Christ. And then there's this question. Who qualifies to walk with Jesus? Do you have to be sinless? Have all your problems figured out? Who qualifies to dine with Jesus? Do we have to have our act together? Do we have to be uh, someone who knows Scripture frontwards and backwards? No. Just like Cleopas and this other friend, the only requirement to walk with Jesus and dine with Jesus is to ask him, Jesus, walk with me. Jesus, come in and dine with me. Be a part of my life. We can bring our guilt, our shame, our struggles, our doubts, our anger, our hurts, our hopes and our dreams we can bring all of our broken lives and humbly in faith ask Jesus Christ to walk with us, to be in us and with us, and to dine with us. And that's my prayer for you this morning. If you don't have that relationship with Christ, that you would simply and humbly invite him, walk with him, dine with him, be a part of the life of the living Christ. God bless you. Let's pray. Precious Lord, through your Holy Spirit, take us deeper into your rich truth and into the walk that you're calling us to. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I want to take just a moment as we close this morning to thank you once again for your faithful Uh, participation in worship, and for your faithful giving financially. We encourage you to continue that. We need it very much to continue ministry. You may give online or you may uh, mail your checks to the church office. I do want to say to you that by now most of you should have received a special notice from the church. Uh, We're doing a business meeting uh, by mailed ballot asking you a particular question that will help us in terms of our financial position, so that we can carry on ministry in this community and world in a, in a faithful way uh, in these days of stress and change. So thank you in advance for voting and participating in the life of the church. I want to take a moment and share a pastoral word with you. Uh, and, and I hope you will hear this uh, with the heart of love uh, with which it's offered. I want to remind us of some hard truth. COVID-19 is not going away. It's going to be around for a while. Uh, We're in this for the long haul. Physical distancing is working. It's helping, but we're not through it yet. And what I'm trying to say is that we're going to be worshiping this way for a while. So we need to settle in and we need to accept some new opportunities and some new ways of being and we need to be patient. And you should know that paramount to all of us who are working at First Baptist Church is your safety and your health, your physical safety and health, your spiritual and emotional safety and health. And for that matter, the safety and health of our community. God's called us to live and witness and serve in this community. And our vision statement is that we are compelled to be Christ's love and hope. And we are good witnesses and good neighbors when we work hard at not spreading disease or not exposing people who are vulnerable to illness. And so let's just be patient. Let's take a breath. Let's look for the blessings. Let's stay positive and know that together uh, we're going to get through this because we have our great God leading us. God bless you today and may God bless you each day of the coming week.